Uh, I'm talking uh, with you and, and teaching on um, Jesus' final days in Jerusalem. He went into Jerusalem to be examined by the religious leaders, the leaders, God's, uh, the church, quote-unquote, church leaders. They weren't, wasn't the church, but it was the leaders of God's people. And um, he went in uh, according to schedule uh, to be examined, the same as the Passover lamb on that very first Passover in, in the book of Exodus chapter 12 uh, was brought into the house on the 10th of Abib, the first month of their religious calendar. That lamb was brought into that house to be examined because it had to be a perfect uh, lamb. Uh, that, and that lamb was, the blood was placed on the doorpost of every home and uh, over the lintel. And when the angel of death came through that land to judge all of Egypt's gods, now notice, came to judge all of Egypt's gods. Then when that, uh, that destroyer, the angel of the Lord, when he saw the blood, he passed over that house and said, you will not come under this judgment. You will not come under the wrath. And it, and the, the, it was the blood of a perfect lamb, which was prefiguring Jesus Christ. That means no matter how well you have done or not well you've done, when you are behind the blood, when, when you are saved, you're saved by that blood, then the wrath of God just passes over you. <clears throat> this is what this is prefiguring. Let's give the Lord a better one. And so, uh, and so what Jesus was doing now, he was fulfilling the scripture. And as he came into Jerusalem, uh, what was going on was Jesus was actually fulfilling it. So he had to, uh, in this particular case, Jesus had to be proven to be who he said he was and who he says he is. So we're going to get into that in just a second. Uh, we'll, we'll start in Matthew chapter 23, verse 13. But before I go there, in verse 3, uh, Jesus is rebuking the, the leadership. He is rebuking them because they have gone away from God. They have walked away from God's principles. Um, I, I heard, I didn't hear a lot of news. I don't listen to news like I used to. I was a news junkie. I imagine, imagine some of you were uh, news junkies and maybe still uh, are getting delivered. I was, I was a news junkie, so, so I, I stay away from it. And I read most of my news, but I've seen a lot in, since yesterday of the Derek Chauvin trial. And uh, I've seen a lot about justice, and I've heard justice, justice, justice a lot. And what God is doing here, he was bringing the just one. And I said that because this, this is an important point, that what you have seen in the Scripture uh, regarding your salvation, you will see it coming again. And, and Dr. Carleen did also pick up on that uh, this past Sunday. But you'll, you'll see it coming again. I've shared with you how how um, God dealt with ancient Israel, the northern tribe, um, 780 uh, B.C., and then he later on dealt with uh, Judah. And it was the same problems they were having. He dealt with them for their unfaithfulness to God. And then you come again in, in, in uh, uh, the maybe 4, a, uh, 4 A.D. and, and on, to 29 AD, and during that particular period, then God is dealing with his people about the same issues. And then you come to 2020 and 2021, the same issues. 
but, but we can learn from that. And let's look at this examination. Jesus said, whatever those Pharisees, those scribes and Pharisees tell you to, to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works, for they say and they do not do. So Jesus is saying in this verse uh, uh, number three that they talk about it, but they're not really walking it out. So, so it's not time for us to pick earthly sides in matters. What it, it, is, it is a time when we need to look at the word of God and say, I will be guided by the word of God, not by uh, secular people, nor even people who say they are God's people, but are walking in a secular way. You have to be very careful. As it was, it is again. And you have to know that. You can't disavow it. You can't say things like, well, I just don't believe that. Well, they didn't either. So you're, you're not on good ground. Now notice. And so he says what they did was they, uh, in verse 4, they bind heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders, and they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. And what Jesus is saying is they want you to do various things, but they don't do, it, do those things. Then in verse 11, let's go to verse 11. He says, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Now, now whoever's greatest shall be your servant. So God looks, is looking for servant leaders, and he says, Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So you're looking at this context, and now Jesus, um, in verse 13, is talking to those same religious leaders. I'm going to, going to call them religious leaders. And make sure that you are walking out justice and righteousness. And that was my point earlier. I didn't complete it. But the, the, I keep hearing justice and righteousness. Uh, last year, I've told you this, and it, it bears repeating. But last year, I, in November, I had some very significant dreams. I, I have pizza dreams. You know, I, I, I don't have, and I hate those pizza dreams. I said, what am I, I'm a man of God. What is all this crazy stuff in my dream? And so I stopped watching action movies, and a lot of it has gone away. So somebody's saying, I'm getting, being delivered right now. So, so uh, when I, I, one night I had this dream, and I, and the next morning, I called Sister Rose, and I gave her a lot of information. I don't want to go into details, but I, and I said, this, this is a dream I've had, and I've had two of them, and they're very significant, and has to do with the state of Georgia, and uh, since I knew that her sister was well-known all over Georgia and maybe all over the South, and I said, maybe she could get this information to those people. And so what happened was, and I said, oh, by the way, let them know when the information gets to the right person, let them know this is, a, this is not about Democrats and Republicans. This is about justice and righteousness. This is about the kingdom of God. And I want all of us to know that we have come to the kingdom for a time such as this. We are being examined. We are. It's about justice and righteousness. Not in, in a context that your mind will go to some worldly thing. Not that. Don't let your mind go there. Don't do that, but think godly. Okay. Now listen when we go. So now we're in verse 13 where Jesus is saying, uh, let me read 12 again. Did I read 12? Well, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. But, I, but, but woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Now, Jesus is pronouncing judgment on, on the leadership. So make sure that you're following good leadership. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Whoa. 
Powerful words. Peter says, when Jesus was reviled, he never reviled. Or when, he, when somebody talked ugly, he didn't get them. You know, I'll, I'll get you back. He didn't. So Jesus is speaking out of the Spirit of God, and he's saying, woe to you. You're in trouble. <laughs> like saying, ah! It's like that. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Hypocrites. Why are you hypocrites? For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither go in yourself, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Wow, you know what they were doing? What does Jesus mean here? He doesn't mean this in some generic way. What they were doing is, was they knew that Jesus was different than anyone who had ever pre uh, preceded him. Nobody in the scriptures was like Jesus Christ. Absolutely nobody. They, they were sort of uh, prefiguring him in a way, but they never fully measured up. Nobody had done the things he had done. No one had ever done that, not even the great Moses or the great warrior David. And he says, but what they did was they shut the door of Jesus. And this is what they did. They refused to acknowledge Jesus, to believe in Jesus, and, and the, the people were following their leaders. So when they shut the door on Jesus, many of them shut the door on Jesus. And Jesus says, woe to you. You wouldn't go into the door. Jesus is the door. He's the door. And he says, yeah, but um, you wouldn't go in. How did that read? For you shut up the, the kingdom of heaven against men. For you, you, you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Then he says, woe to you scribes. Because <laughs> nobody gets away. And Pharisees, hypocrites. For you devour widows' houses. And for a pretense, make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive the greater condemnation. Now, some versions of the Bible do not have this verse 14 because they say that maybe it was an add-on later. But he says, woe to you. Now, we're going to say this is there and we believe it because the truth is the same. He says, you receive the greater condemnation because what you are doing is you, you take advantage of of these poor widows, and then you go out in public and you have this persona of being righteous, being just, being holy. Wow. So what he is saying is your private life, your life in private, ought to be the same as your life in public. That's what Jesus is saying. Remember that song we sang, uh, we, we've sung here many times, uh, From the Inside uh, something like this, a, a stanza, something from the inside. All right, now. You don't want me to sing it. You better help. Because if I sing, you're all getting out of here. Well, super. Yeah, from the inside. So you live from here, from the inside, from the work that God has done in you, from the new heart that you have. Don't talk about the old Jeremiah 17 heart, desperately wicked. Who can know it? Not the born-again believer. All right, let's look at verse 15. It says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Now, he's dealing with these, these men. Hypocrites. They were the, the teachers of the law. They were the ones who, who said, this is what God wants of, of, of you. They were the ones who were entrusted with the sayings of God. And he says, woe to you. Hypocrites. You travel land and sea to win one proselyte or to, to make a convert. And when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. A son of Gehenna is what he says. And so some people say, well, it wasn't hell, it was Gehenna. 
Gehenna is a picture of hell because there were eternal burnings there. It's where they burned the city's refuse. They, all of the waste of the city was all constantly burning. So Jesus is saying, those people who would mislead you, and there are some who would mislead you, there are universalists who will mislead you, and there are other people who just don't know will mislead you. Don't follow somebody who doesn't even know where he's going. And so, but it was a place of perpetual burnings. He says, he says, you make that person uh, twice as much a son of, of Gehenna or hell as you or yourself. So that means is, have you noticed this? And I'm sure that it, uh, many of us, who, as we have lived our lives, we have seen people become, as it were, converted to something. And they are worse than the people who converted them. They are mo more uh, adamant about wrong things than the person who converted them. Yeah, and this is what happens. When you follow wrong-headed leaders, leaders who are mean and uh, judgmental, then I found that the disciples are even worse. And this is what Jesus is rebuking them for. So be careful who you follow on the internet, all right? Follow their lives. Follow their lives. Okay, number, uh, chapter, uh, verse 16, rather. He says, woe to you. Now listen what, how Jesus describes them. Now Jesus is being examined. Don't forget that. He is, uh, this is the last semester. This is the last semester before graduation. And if those of you who have been in, uh, you know, been in school, maybe in public school, it wasn't so big. But I tell you what, in university sometimes you go, Lord, I hope I make it. You know, because sometimes uh, you have some professors, they play, I thought, bad games. They may have two uh, tests in the whole semester. You have one out the middle way, and if you miss, if you fail on one of them, you probably fail the whole thing. And so if Jesus failed at one point, he failed the whole thing. No, 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 it's just amazing. Right. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obliged to perform it. He has a duty. Now, if he swears by the temple, don't worry about that. So what they were doing was making up new rules for the people of God. Jesus says, blind guides. What happens if you follow a blind guide? They fall in the ditch. You fall in too. It's very strange to me that there are people, believers uh, in Jesus Christ, who are teaching us to follow blind guides. Now, I'm not speaking of civically that we have a governor, say, who is not saved or a county judge who is not saved or a mayor who is not saved. We do those civic things, but we never go beyond what God tells us to go. We, we never depend on them to tell us what we should be doing toward God. Amen. We never do that. When COVID-19 uh, uh, was um, uh, found to be COVID-19, I guess, here in the, in the States, uh, and we had, we didn't know how devastating it was, how deadly it was. And so our government made some, some rules and we were to stop public gatherings and do whatever. It is my, I, I want you to, to listen to my example and don't take a political position on what I'm saying. Uh, somebody was saying, well, we have to do what they say. I said, well, we have to follow the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit says to us that what they're saying is all right, we're going to do that. Now, that's how I believe, that's how I live my life. And so I was not, never have, we made a decision based solely on what uh, the governor was saying or even the president that came from, down from the CDC, uh, the Center for Disease Control. We never, ever did that. We never did that. We said, okay, 
This is going to protect our neighbors until we find out what's going to happen. We are going to be good citizens and good neighbors. And that's why we did that. We never did that out of fear. We did it out of our love for one another. So, so we don't follow secular leaders telling us how to comport our lives in a godly way. We follow God's word. We follow the Holy Spirit. Neither do we follow blind guides, blind religious guides, because if we are to totally honest, and we must be totally honest, some of, of the Internet leaders was, were leading people astray. And, and what the Word of God here says, blind guides. Now they come back and say, well, I may have been wrong, but I would, I, I'm not a, a false prophet. Yes, you were at that moment. Are you still with me? You're a little quiet. This is tough now. Jesus is going to be dying in a few days in the scripture here. So, so maybe, you know, it's a little solemn. But listen, they, they are so backslidden. They were so backslidden that they were saying the temple, that's another thing. But the gold, now the money. And Jesus says, whoever swears, he says, well, if you if you're swear by that gold, you're obligated to perform it. So they had put money ahead of the, the, the temple. Now listen to what Jesus says in 17. Fools and blind. Now, now Jesus had, has and had the authority to talk like this to them. Fools and blind. For which is greater? The gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? Did I read that right? Okay, let me go back to 18. I'm, I'm sorry. Where am I? 17. Fools and blind. For which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? Thank you. And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gift that is on it, he is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind. For which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and by all things on it. He who swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits on it. You see, what Jesus did was he brought the truth of Scripture to God's people. And he's being examined. They had been teaching in one direction. Jesus came and he taught the way of God perfectly, perfectly to them. Now notice he's, he's, he is under scrutiny and he's talking to the people who are to scrutinize him. He is talking to the people who are now are to say, you are our Messiah and we're going to follow you. Now, now watch verse, uh, I think, 23. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. Here in verse 23, he is saying to, to, uh, to these uh, scribes and Pharisees, he says, you tithe down to your, your spices. They even tithe their, from their spice garden. Jesus did not tell them that was wrong, but he said, you've neglected the weightier matters of the law. <clears throat> you do the outward religious things. Yeah, <clears throat> you go to church. You tithe. You give. You, you do various things. But where's your sense of justice? 
Where's your sense of mercy? Where's your sense of faith? Where's your faithfulness to what God has given and said? You know, it's, it's, so, it's mind-boggling to know that you are very religious in so many things, but you don't even know when something is right or wrong. Wow, this is what Jesus is dealing with him about. And we have found ourselves right there again. I'm going to take about three more minutes or so. You're from God, whoever you are. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus compared to them, them to someone who is, who is um, straining things. You know, have you ever gotten, some, I think this cloth, this Muslim, I think, where you can strain things through. Is it this Muslim cloth? called M-U-S-L-I-M, I think. It's a cloth, a cloth that you strain things. My mom used to strain things. and She had a sifter in the house, and she would always put the flour in the sifter. It's like that. So when they were straining things, I, I don't want to drink anything with the speck in it if it's supposed to be clear. And, and so that's kind of the way I made. And so they would strain out a net. Well, we can't drink that. We can't swallow that gnat. But he said then they would swallow a camel. What he was showing was their excess their ignorance of the things of God, as it was then, I'm seeing it now again. I'm seeing believers don't seem to know what God really wants. Now listen what he goes on to say. Verse 25, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Can you imagine? He says, you, you, wanna, you clean the outside. You want everything to look good outside. You know, oh, I stay in front of the mirror. No, I don't stay in front of the mirror. But one would stay in front of the mirror and making sure they're good. Well, making sure that you walk and everybody thinks that you are holiest, the holiest person around. But yet inside, you got messed up stuff. This is what he was saying. They were messed up inside. He said they were full of extortion. They were cheating. And they were self-indulgent. In other words, they would allow themselves to get away with something they never would allow you to get away with. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what they had devolved into. They had devolved into that. And then he says, blind Pharisee, <laughs> first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish that the outside of them may be clean also. When Jesus is saying is, when you get things right inwardly, then the outside, the outward will take care of itself. You know, I, we're living in this time of reset and revealing, and it is a good time to repent of all that we are. I do that. I always ask Jesus to help me, forgive me, make me better. And I want you all to do the same. So Jesus is saying to them, uh, all that tithing that they were doing, their insides were rotten. Listen, look at verse 27. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. May I say to all of us, this is what's happening on Jesus' last few days. I'm seeing it right now. I'm seeing people say, Jesus, 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 and they're lawless. They, they have views that just are not godly. And they, they are bending themselves toward natural things rather than spiritual things. I'm saying, don't close your eyes. We're not blind. I heard recently, believe your eyes. 
and, and please forgive me if this sounds like I'm pre preaching politics. That's not my intent or heart. Believe your eyes. You have natural eyes and you have spiritual eyes. Believe your spiritual eyes. Believe what you can see in the spirit. And don't believe people who say, nah, I don't know. Well, there's somebody who knows. The, the spirit lives in you knows. All right? Now, this is a, so, a sobering time because Jesus only has a few more days to live in this, in this uh, particular context. Okay, let me go. In verse uh, 29, it says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous. And you say... If we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. What Jesus is doing is bringing things to a culmination, and it's, it's amazingly beautiful. So the, he's telling these. Now, they're examining him, and at the same time, he is, as it were, examining them. Now, notice what he says. They, they, he's quoting them. If we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Verse 31. He says, therefore... You are witnesses against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Now, notice how Jesus is bringing them. You and I have an opportunity to show the whole universe that we are not like those who went before us who did dastardly deeds. This is proving time. Wow. Listen, this is not one of those little feel good. It's, yeah, y'all quiet on me. Therefore, you are witnesses against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. You are witnesses against yourself. Now listen to what Jesus says. Fill up then the measure of your father's guilt. Serpents, brood of vipers. How can you escape the condemnation of hell? Now notice what Jesus is saying. He is saying that their deeds proved that those people who did ungodly things before were their daddies. You and I are in, in this particular time when God is revealing, he is showing us, who are your parents? I'm asking you, who are your parents? Who are those who engendered you? Who brought you forth? I don't know anybody in my family history. I'm sure we had some bad folks back there because the world is filled with sin. But whatever they did wrong, I, I don't want any part of it. I, want, I don't want to prove in this hour that I am a their son, as it were, because I've been born again. You have been born again. You have no, you should have no affinity, no attraction to those who may have been a part of your people group who committed atrocities. God has given you an opportunity to come from the, those people and be born again. Are you with me? I asked for three minutes. I'm going to take two more. All right. Now listen here. A number of years ago, when I had an opportunity to, become, to be made a king in a particular nation, they really wanted to make me a king because we'd done some things and really would bless them. And I talked to a dear friend of mine, uh, 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 several in the church, but especially one. I said, I don't feel good about it. What do you think? He said, I wouldn't. Because if, if you are made a king, it's as though you now have a legacy. Uh, there's a legacy. Did I use that right? There is a history, rather. There is a history, not a legacy, a history of kings and their atrocities 
And you are joining into that. I said, I was thinking so. And so I did not allow that. I did not want to join into that history because I've been born again. Verse 34 says, Jesus says, therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men, scribes. Some of them, listen, he said to this generation, said, we wouldn't have killed anybody. Jesus says, you will kill. You will crucify. Some of them you will scourge and in your synagogues and persecute from city to city. You'll follow them to do them harm. And you're approving that you belong to those people who murdered the prophets. He says, and this is happening, that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Berechiah. Listen to what Jesus says, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. And Jesus is saying that, and I believe this is what's happening. In the latter, these, these days where judgment is coming, we are proving that we're either with him or we're against him. Your actions are very important. You are now going to align yourself with God in godliness or with wicked forefathers. That's what God is saying. He's not saying it just to somebody here. He's saying it to all of us. Listen, so Jesus says this, and I'm done. When I finish this, I'm really done. Um, D-O-N. Verse 37. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. Kill those who are sent by God. How often I want it to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. I wanted to gather you, but you weren't willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, for I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You will see me no more until you come to the knowledge of what the scripture means, until you recognize me as your Messiah, your God. You will not see me again until you abide by the word of God. That's what he's saying. He's saying it to our generation. May the Lord bless you. I'll be back in a minute.